Hello and welcome to episode number 471 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell and my guest today is Laura Nash of The Short Game Podcast. Laura is going to talk about all of the romance in short games, games that you can play in 8 to 12 hours. We are going to cover dating sims, interactive fiction, and she's going to rank her preference of the dream daddies. Laura also shares some upcoming and extremely brand new games she is heckin' excited about. I will have links to every game we talk about, never fear, in the show notes. And I will have links to where you can find Laura and the Short Game Podcast at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. Thank you, as always, to the Patreon community who helps us transcribe every episode. I have a compliment in this episode to Frederick S. Your personality is so great that it looks like you're glowing. This is why you cannot take a bad selfie. It's just impossible. If you would like a compliment of your very own, have a look at our Patreon community at patreon.com slash smartbitches. The community is a wonderful group of humans and they keep the show going every week. Thank you again for your support and for making this transcript possible. This episode is brought to you in part by Acorn TV. If you are feeling like you have watched everything, possibly twice, and would like some new weekly shows and brand new binge-worthy treats, you have to get Acorn TV. Acorn TV is the largest commercial-free British streaming service that features compelling stories, exclusive premieres, and originals you will not find anywhere else. You get thousands of hours of new content on Acorn TV for a fraction of the cost compared to most streaming services. Acorn is just $5.99 a month. And heads up, Xena fans. Did you know Lucy Lawless has a really cool mystery show on Acorn? It's called My Life is Murder. It is an Australian detective drama with a retired investigator who is constantly being asked to solve cold cases. And maybe you saw this on the internet. Renee O'Connor, who played Gabrielle on Xena Warrior Princess, recently guest starred. I love it. There are so many gorgeous shows on Acorn TV that are from overseas that I never would have seen without it. If you are ready for a streaming service that offers new stories, new characters, and breathtaking sceneries every week, do what I did. Get Acorn TV. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use my promo code Sarah. But you have to enter the code in all lowercase letters. That's acorn, A-C-O-R-N dot TV code Sarah. Get your first 30 days for free. And if you've got Acorn and you have Rex, please share them with me. I would love to hear them. This episode is brought to you in part by Gainful. There is nothing more personal than your health. So when it comes to finding the right nutrition supplements to meet your fitness goals, you need a personalized approach. Thankfully, now there's Gainful, a personalized nutrition system that's formulated for your body and your goals. Gainful gives you peace of mind that your protein, hydration, and pre-workout supplements contain the finest ingredients specifically for you. I love when there's a quiz, and this quiz is wonderful. I started by taking the five-minute Gainful quiz, which considers my dietary needs, my fitness and health goals, and my unique physiology to personalize my formula. Then I received a follow-up email from a registered dietitian who is checking in that what I had received was working for me. Gainful delivers my supplements with no shipping charge every month. I can cancel any time or adapt my plan as needed. But this is my favorite part. The supplement is flavorless and I receive different flavor boosts so I can customize how I want my supplement to taste. Chocolate and peanut butter, matcha green tea it's up to me i have options and i'm not stuck with a giant tub of one flavor that i'm gonna get tired of it's a total win start your personalized fitness journey today with gainful 
get $20 off your personalized supplements by going to gainful.com slash Sarah. That's gainful.com slash Sarah for $20 off. Gainful, personalized nutrition made for your tastes. Since you're listening to this show, I think it's safe to say you love listening to podcasts, right? Well, you will find a ton of binge-worthy podcasts, including this one on Amazon Music. Amazon Music has more than 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to. But Amazon Music isn't just for listening to podcasts. They have thousands of music stations and top playlists to stream for free. And no matter what you're listening to, you can go hands-free with Alexa. If you're like me and want your music on demand and ad-free, try Amazon Music Unlimited. That gives you unlimited access to over 75 million songs as well as podcasts, music videos, and more. With Amazon Music Unlimited, you can listen to any song anywhere offline with unlimited skips. I love turning on some of their stations and collections when I'm working or cooking. My favorite this week is Breezy Summer Classics. It has Beach Boys, Otis Redding, Bill Withers, Katrina and the Waves, and the Drifters. I love the Drifters. It's one of my favorite summer sounds. If you've never tried Amazon Music Unlimited, now is a great time. For a limited time, new customers can try Amazon Music Unlimited free for 30 days, no credit card required. Just go to amazon.com slash trashy books. That's amazon.com slash trashy books to try Amazon Music Unlimited free for 30 days. Amazon.com slash trashy books. Renews automatically. Cancel anytime. Terms apply. Heads up to my fellow menstruating humans. I have some frank body talk and a nifty new thing to tell you about. This episode is brought to you in part by FlexFit, a better way to have a period. If you want a period product that looks out for your body, your lifestyle, and the planet, you've got to try Flex. Flex is innovating period care with products that are body safe, made for comfort, and made to keep you moving, and they have options. There's the Flex Disc, which is a one-time use menstrual disc that fits perfectly inside your body. One flex disc can be worn for up to 12 hours and holds as much as three super tampons. It's not a cup and it's better than a tampon. It is unlike any period product you've ever seen before. And if you want to go zero waste and have the planet love you even more, pick up the flex cup, which is a reusable menstrual cup that Cosmo rated number one. The patented pull tab makes the flex cup the only cup on the market that removes like a tampon. It's so easy. You already know how to use it. My favorite part of the Flex experience are the helpful videos, in-depth diagrams, gift sets, and Flexperts available to walk you through the entire process. You will never go back to products from the past once you try Flex. So say goodbye to cramps and lend Mother Nature a hand. Go to flexfits.com slash Sarah and use code Sarah for 20% off Flex Disc Starter Kits or 10% off your first Flex Cup plus free U.S. shipping. That's code Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at flex, F-L-E-X, fits.com slash Sarah. And now on to the podcast. I am Laura Nash. I am a co-host of a podcast called The Short Game. So in my day life, I am a user experience designer, but over the last seven years, I've been playing about 40 games a year, which is astonishing to me (laughs) because uh, we like covering video games that are eight hours or fewer. Sometimes we'll stretch up to 12. So you are the, uh, the novella reader or the short story reader. Of, of games. Romance, of mm-hmm. games. Absolutely. Just as in romance, you get a lot more experimental stuff. You get yep. a lot of first-time authors. Uh, you get a lot of weirdness, and you get a lot of things that are, quote-unquote, not sustainable for big games. Yeah. 
But uh, in the cheap stuff, you also get the innovation. Recently, over the last two or three years, there's also been some big breakout hits. Like Hades is probably about a 12-hour game that yeah. suddenly everyone is talking about. It's winning games against the 120-hour games. And it's like, yes. Yep. And the thing about Hades is that fundamentally, it is a really good balance between images, story, and mechanics. Absolutely. And man, the shippers have gone crazy on that too, which you have to. I mean, every god is somebody who you you want to write a whole story about. Right. It's like all of the best parts of inspiring fanfic. Like we're going to give you the the major notes and you can fill in everything in between them. Yes. You can fight them. You can front them. You can- Both. Yeah. You don't- Yeah, you can- Or both. Why not? Yeah. You reached out to me to talk about romance in short games. Which I love. And then you sent me an outline, which is like the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Your brain works like mine. So I'm like, this is so great. We were destined to meet. Wonderful. And the the complete serendipity of this is that you emailed me about this after I had put into post-production an episode where Amanda and I were talking about romance and video games. Although we focused mostly on the 80 plus hour, Mm -hmm. multiple characters, your romances influenced the storyline. Yes, I am still playing this game. And yes, it is five years later. Yes, still same game, same one, same character, still here. Yep, slowly. This is more about the shorter games that you specialize in. Completely coincidentally, you emailed me like, let's talk about this. Yes, let's talk about this. Absolutely, because I think this is where a lot of movement's happening. Uh, there is, you know, romance in uh, big AAA mature games. <laughs> so to say romance and sex, because they're not always the same. I, and they come with the big dialogue scenes. They come with cutscenes. Usually, there's maybe three different people to romance. But once you get into the weird short indie games, suddenly there's choose the gender of all your characters and you can be poly and you can be asexual and you can do anything because the game is four hours yeah, and they can just endless iteration. So it's fun to see movement on both fronts, yeah. but it's a lot easier to feel like you have breadth when all the games are under eight hours. And you have more to choose from and more to do. More to choose from, more to do, and you can replay because the thing that I miss in big games is the opportunity cost. You make one decision and you know the next 80 hours are going to be dictated by that one first off decision. Yeah. I I ran into that with one of my early playthroughs of Inquisition, Dragon Age Inquisition, mm-hmm. where I kept trying to get through this scene and I'm, I am way in this game and I couldn't get the result I wanted. And I realized it was all tied back to a choice that I'd made early on when I didn't know what I was doing. And I'm like, well, crap. Yeah. And if you do that, you can go, great. Okay. That's this run. To me, it's almost like a TV versus movie. Oh, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the investment, right? Like Totally. So you have divided up the games that we're going to talk about into two main categories. You have dating simulators and you have interactive fiction, which are two very subtly different things. What are the differences Mm -hmm. there? So Dating Simulator is a very specific genre where they often call them visual novels, um, but they're not always the same. So Dating Sims, you go on a series of dates. You get to choose between a lot of different romance partners. Right. And you woo them and you get little profiles of their likes and dislikes. And they're usually extremely tropey. 
There are multiple endings. It's designed to replay. So if you pick one person to romance this time, the next time you might do your bad boy run or your preppy run, and you change who you are to make sure that you're the right fit for them. The other thing about this genre is it's always accompanied by visuals. So there are people standing in poses. There are, you're expected to know what the people you date look like. Uh, You're supposed to get a sense of their personality, not just through text. They feel very much the same mechanically. Like you always can rely on going on two to three dates per person and then you choose. Mm -hmm. And in that, in that category, you are also getting to try on different characters yourself. You're almost dating. um, Not only are you dating all the characters in the game, but you're also dating the character uh, creation mechanic. Like you can try on different characters yourself. Absolutely. You make it, usually you make some kind of avatar or person at the beginning of the game, but it's almost more important that you become a person who should date yeah. your dream character. Like you want to match them. If they're athletic, you want to go to a rowing club meeting. If they are an octopus, you want to go to the swimming pool. Uh, these are both real, <laughs> but it's about matching up and being the right person, object, pigeon that your uh I'm trying so hard not to laugh (laughs) I know but dating sims are silly that's the fun thing about them is they are seriously (laughs) romantic and seriously silly which is really my catnip like that is the intersection where you will find me romantic and silly yeah that's absolutely my favorite subgenre so let's start with the the grand high wonderfulness of (laughs) Of this particular genre. Just Even the, the music sound. is relaxing. It, it puts me on a different plane. This is the kind of tone you're getting, right? It's... It is all like boy band pure crush. Man, I love Dream Daddy. It just puts me in a good mood. So Dream Daddy, we have talked about on the site. Amanda's played it. I've played it. Basically, you're dating some dreamy daddies. Does what it says on the tin. But even even the music is just sort of like, oh, okay, I'm going to relax now. It's a fantasy (laughs) cul-de-sac. Yeah, and I live on one. Mine is not like that. I like my neighbors, but it is not the same thing. There are, it's not full of seven dreamy daddies for you to date. No, not in the least. A lot of dreamy dogs. We have great dogs on my street, but this is a whole other universe. So for anyone who isn't familiar, give a, give a quick, you know, quick capsule summary of, of, of dream daddy. Do you need me to put the music back on? Oh, I I don't need you to, but I think it would make everyone happy. Okay. So so I'll just, I'll just put it up a little bit. There we go. Underscoring. Yeah. A little bit. So you are a single dad who's just moved to a new cul-de-sac and you get to date all of the dads in said cul-de-sac. And also your daughter's about to go to college. So this is a game about your relationship with your daughter, Amanda, but also who of all of these dreamy daddies are you going to settle down with? And you can, and like you said, this is a game where you're meant to play it over and over and over and create your character. Absolutely. I made my uh, blue-haired, wizard-browed character, Jock Swift. Um, I played this game first for the podcast with my three straight male co-hosts who were so in. They made like versions of uh, uh, Gomez Adams. They made... (laughs) 
like they made big burly dudes. They just wanted to have the dreamiest daddy experience. I think almost anyone can enjoy these beautiful daddies getting together. And the way in which the character choice mechanic, the, the, the character development mechanic works, you mm-hmm. can be trans, you can, you have all of these options to yeah. be exactly the character you want to be. Yeah, you can choose belly size, you can wear a binder, uh, you can be as hipster as uh, dorm core, you can be basically anything you want. It's a very good avatar. They call it the dad soda. Yeah. So let's go over the dateable characters. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite part. My lowest is Joseph, the married youth pastor, because yeah, right. no. you can't Mm-mm. get a happy ever after with him. Spoiler. Nice. Move on from Joseph. You don't want your happy ending to cause the unhappiness of another character. Absolutely. And I mean, that's that. Ugh, I can't get on board with that one either. I agree. Moving on. Damien, the goth dad, which I know controversial that I have him at six. Some people have Damien is wonder, number one with a bullet, but I find him more entertaining than smoochable personally. He looks like Dracula. If you're going to go for the very goth Dude, mm-hmm. this will work. Oh, yeah. yeah. You go to a movie theater, I believe, on one of the dates, and you go see some kind of old Fright Fest movie. Uh, moving on to five, Robert. Oh, tough one. I so know. Tough. So tough. Oh, he is the problematic fave. He's yeah. a leather jacket. And let's be honest, Robert's very hot. He is, but he looks very not well. Uh, you, If you like fixing people... That's that's his mechanic. That's his, that's his thing. And also, yeah. he gives you the opportunity to sleep with him right away. Don't do that if you want your happily ever after, because he wants someone who wants him for life and not just for his body, but he'll also yeah. try to romance you by a dumpster full of trash. Yeah, much like you don't want your happy ending to create someone else's unhappiness, you also don't. You don't necessarily need your happy ending to create a lot of nonstop, everlasting work and labor for yourself. So let's get to your top four. Mm -hmm. So now you're just choosing your trope. (laughs) Yay. So uh, Brian, the redheaded burly dad, has this gorgeous beard, this big stomach, and he just loves bragging about his kid. So sweet. So sweet. Brian's pretty dreamy. He's got a corgi. I think for me, it's mostly like I don't like competition in my relationships. Otherwise, Brian's a dreamboat. If you go with Brian, you're going to have a wonderful life. He will take you camping. Mm. Yeah. So three is Hugo, the English teacher who is smoking. He's a professor of your dreams. He has like – he literally will like make you a cheese plate and ask you if you like Havarti. He wants to read you a book. His secret shame is he likes wrestling. He wears a waistcoat. Ah, Brian, a little weird that he's your kid's English teacher. But other than that, like I really, my top three are almost all interchangeable. Give me, you know, who did I play last? Two is Matt, the coffee shop music dad. Hipster, loves indie music. He'll take you to a concert and smooch you. He'll make you a mixtape. This is heavily influenced by the fact that my husband made me a mixtape for our six-month anniversary. Yeah, and, okay. and when he proposed, he proposed with a mixtape. So, like, I married Matt the Coffee Shop Music Dad. This this is this is your catnip. This is my catnip right here. This is here. precisely your catnip, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But I did list Craig, the bro dad, as number one because I love a friends to lovers. 
Yeah. And Craig is someone who you were bros with back in the day and you've reconnected with. And although I do not go by the, you know, the fitness thing, like take or leave, he's got a baby strapped to his chest. He's incredibly hot. And he just keeps talking about how like your friendship has grown and enriched over time. And that is just, he also, every time he comes on stage to, on screen to say hi to you, he goes, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And I find him funny and endearing. Honestly, all of the daddies, except for problematic Joseph, don't date him, um, will give you some good times, uh, some very interesting dates, and a happily ever after option should you win the game. But but honestly, Craig and Matt, I would be happy if I just played those two and been like, great, I'm done. (laughs) And this is the type of game, because of the characters and the mechanics, you can play this over and over and over. It's Mm -hmm. not like you invest and you're done. Like, okay, I've played it. I'm never going to play this game again. You, 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 You buy this game and it's the same mechanic with different characters and different story paths within a certain number of hours. That is deeply satisfying. You know, at least you can do seven playthroughs to get an ending with every dad if you want. Right. But yeah. you can play beyond that if you like. I mean, honestly, just turning on that theme song is a big blast of serotonin. Not only do you get this gorgeous, but it's like 15 bucks. It's 15 bucks. And honestly, it's like reading a bunch of trippy romances. This was made for us in mind. Oh, yes. Yeah, this was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we understand. This was. Yeah, thank you. Like when I watched Bridgerton, I had a mm-hmm. lot of I had a lot of things to, to say about Bridgerton. I had a lot of issues with it. But there was mm-hmm. a moment in just about every episode where I was thinking to myself, wow. So this is what it's like when people take my thing seriously and throw a bucket of money at yeah. it. Wow, that's pretty great. This is what it's like when developers are like, all right, romance. Yeah. We're going to get it super, super right. We're going to get it super right a whole bunch of times and have fun. Absolutely. And, you know, and Bridgerton just wanted people like, free the boobs, free the boobs. There's problematic issues. Also, man, I want vitamin C quartet to just underscore everything and have F- these luscious balls. I was just like, yes, thank you. Thank you for seeing us. There are millions of us. Yeah. Throw money this at is us, what please. This is what it's like when you throw money, resources, and attention at something that I really, really love. Wow. Wow. Well, that was pretty great. Let's do more of that. Let's have yeah. some more of that. So do you want to hear what, if you want to go past Dream Daddy, do you want to hear some recs? All the recs. Let's do it. Okay. So if you like Dream Daddy, uh, may I suggest Monster Prom? <laughs> yes. Yes, you may. Please suggest Monster Prom. Yes. Oh, my God. So Monster Prom not only is uh, which of these cute, dateable monsters do you want to take to prom? Inherently great. It's also multiplayer. It's designed so you and friends can gather around or gather online and play together and all date different people and you can watch each other's dates and comment. So it is taking the dating sim and making it social. It's fantastic. What could top that is that Monsters don't like boys or girls, they like monsters. Quote, in Monster Prom, the game experience is unaffected by gender or sexual orientation since finding love is already hard enough. That's what could top that. There's also a bundle of Monster Prom and Monster Camp. Absolutely. It's taking Monster Prom and then sending you to uh, Sleepaway Camp, the extension. Uh, This could not be more tailor-made for me. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yes. And if you ever wanted to date Teen Wolf, this might be the game for you. His name is Scott. 
Yeah. And he's like a big burly lumberjack looking dude. He's got he's got that flannel. He's got the yeah. tight tight and pants. And his, uh, his suspenders, his braces are down around his hips. Like he just took them off. So he's like, it's like the lumberjack version of a historical romance hero with his shirt unbuttoned, mm-hmm. but still tucked in. He's got the flannel on. But the suspenders are off. Yeah, and that shoulder oh, yeah. to hip ratio is yeah. It's mm-hmm. I'm listening. Uh, yes, uh, and choose to make your prom of whatever age makes you feel less creeped out. <laughs> yeah, that, and also this is the same mechanic. It's dating. Mm-hmm. It's dating. So a huge lot of the game is who do you sit by in the cafeteria? You go on little dates. Eventually, you're supposed to get that rating meter of how much people like you up high enough that you can ask them out to prom. And there are difficulty. There is a mean girl. The Medusa character is a bit of a mean girl. And she might be the hardest one to woo, but she's definitely worth it. And then there's a girl who looks to be part cephalopod. Mm-hmm. And a demon. Yep. And there's some kind of uh, nerdy elf named Liam. Um, I think that uh, the robot is one of my favorites, too. Calculester? Calculist. Mm-hmm. Calculester. Love it. This uh, game also, I believe, has a moment where you are playing the game and you end up reading some, like, fan fiction in the game. Like, there's a book you can have of, like, kids in the game writing fan fiction about each other. It's Um, like they know us. They know what we want. And what we want (laughs) is social collaborative, beautiful dating game With fanfic on board. Yeah. And uh, if you want to – I mentioned some of the weird ones up front. So – Someone's going to bring up had a full boyfriend if you're talking about dating sims. Of course. Uh, Because it's a pigeon dating simulator. As you do. As you do. Someone wrote a very pitch perfect but actually fun to play dating sim where all of the characters are birds. Some kind of weird apocalypse. And you're a human but you go to a school for all birds. And the thing is you're talking to a character and you can see their bird in the front and in the back you see the like anime illustration of what that bird would look like if it were a human. So it's like a weird merge of Equestria girls. Yes. Where my little ponies become human kind of sort of. Kind of sort of where you it's like you're putting yeah. on some glasses and you can see like ah this I see type of pigeon actually is an aristocratic boy with fine bone features. Oh, more waistcoats. More waistcoats, exactly. So I'm a big fan of waistcoats on characters. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't think How to Full Boyfriend should be your first dating sim, but if you like the genre and you want to see some weirdness and have fun with it, it is a very fun way to play it. And the mechanics are super sound. It could have just... They could have phoned this in once they made a pigeon dating sim. Right. Like you could have stopped at pigeon dating sim and it would have been fine. But then. But then you added really good art. And then you added a pretty balanced dating mechanic. Like, okay. When? Okay, had a full boyfriend. Well played. Uh, (laughs) No pun intended. Well played, yes. So there. I'm very excited because – There are two dating sims coming out this year that I cannot wait to show up. And one is Boyfriend Dungeon, Date Your Weapons. Boyfriend Dungeon, Date Your Weapons. Yes. Somebody somebody listening to this has just passed out. Yes. Oh, my gosh. They have made a dungeon crawler where the reward for getting a new weapon is is that you can date the weapon, and the better your relationship with that weapon, the stronger your attacks. It's like they know us. And 
they have known us so well, they added a K-pop idol that is your laser saber. His name is Seven. Seven. Yeah. He he likes chilling, playing guitar, horror movies, dislikes shallowness and fan clubs, and he is an electric blue laser sword. Of course he is. Of course. Wonderful. My gosh. Yes. So I, this game is not out yet. I kickstarted it, which means I've been getting a little bits of the art as they've been writing it. And I'm so excited for it. You must be vibrating in your chair. I, I'm, I'm very mad that it's just like out 2021. I'm like, please just. It's, let it's me, August. Let me, it's August now. It's August. Let me calibrate my love. Um, <laughs> I want to titrate my joy. So that it, yes. I don't get too excited. But every time yeah. I get that email from Kickstarter, I'm like, is this, is this the moment I can play Boyfriend Dungeon? No. Oh, my gosh. No. So what else are you excited about? Uh, so Mask of the Rose is also coming out. And Fall in London is a game I've been playing for like 10 years. It's a browser-based big interactive fiction game, which I won't go into. But the world is incredible. It's if Victorian London fell underground and now you live underground with like demons and urchins and all of this weird Victoriana. Fall in London has had a couple spinoffs, Sunless Skies, no, Sunless Sea and Starless Skies, messing up the words, but they're putting out a romantic visual novel. (gasps) And the writers behind the game put a lot of little bits of romance into the main game. So seeing what happens when the game is just around the theme of love, they're going to go absolutely crazy. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. And you don't have to play in any of the back stuff. They've, they've got a huge role to play in. It's a prequel of the London has just fallen and you were one of its first residents and you are basically going to try to hook up with the other new residents. Okay. So when these are out, yes. would you be interested in coming back on the show and telling us what you think? Absolutely. I would love that so much because this sounds incredible. And it's going to be a different experience if you've never played in the world versus mm-hmm. if you're fluent in the world. Absolutely. And this is one that I'm 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 too fluent in the world, but right. <laughs> but I, oh, yeah. I think that um they've made a they're very good about having that kind of teaser language where there you know yeah. there's lore. But you don't have to know the lore to feel get the yeah. benefit of it. Like, yeah. So, uh, one of the best things I'm excited about in the teaser language is you can play matchmaker as an option. So, if you don't personally want to be doing romance, you can just matchmake everybody else in the game. This is made for me. Like I said when I was talking about uh, Dragon Age Inquisition and Stardew, I mm-hmm. love how you and I play Stardew the same way. I know I'm uh, such a, I wanna, a trash person in Stardew. <laughs> I romance everybody and I walk around with that super phallic protective rabbit's foot so no one gets mad at me for being at 10 hearts with everybody and I just can't make a decision. Well, how dare they? If the only way to get more information about these characters I'm falling in love with is to romance them and the only way to get their full story is to romance them all the way, I'm going to want to romance everybody until they get to all 10 hearts. Yeah. If you don't want me to play that game, don't. Well, I mean, like clearly that. they saw us coming because they're like, and if you carry a rabbit's foot, no one will get angry at you for this terrible, terrible flirtation problem you have. No. And you also have a really nice time walking around when everyone's in love with you because everyone's very nice to you in the town. When- yeah. They're all like, oh, hello. And and even um, even the one who negs you all the time, mm-hmm. she stops. Bless her. <laughs> she stops and says hello. And you give her yeah. a flower. It's wonderful. Yeah. 
And with even with Dragon Age Inquisition, I could never pick a person because watching the other companions fall in love and getting their dialogue is delightful. So playing as a matchmaker is is ideal for me. Absolutely. And it also takes a little pressure off, right? You don't have to shape yeah. to fit your container. You can just no. match everybody else up. I want you with you and you with you and you guys should be together. Everybody's going to level up. It's going to be wonderful. I know it's going to be incredibly replayable too because they write just oodles of words. So. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And also this is the only uh, dating sim I've seen that is in a time period. Yeah. There's a whole historical world there. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about interactive fiction. How is interactive fiction different from a dating simulator? Two things. One, there is no set structure. Ooh. So it's not as if you go on three dates and the game ends. It's all, these are literally interactive stories where you get to choose what happens next. Sometimes there are puzzle elements like, uh, you know, there's two types. One of them is where you make choices, like Mm -hmm. a choose your own adventure book. Yeah. And the other is one where you're typing commands and like go north or like right. look under the bed or something. An um, interactive choose your own uh, choose your own direction is becoming more and more popular with interactive fiction and also interactive audio is mm-hmm. becoming more of a thing as well. So this is really interesting. Yeah. And the really fun thing is they're not restricted by time of like audio. You're restricted a little bit by how much you can record. A physical book with Choose Your Own Adventure book has to be pretty short because the book has to get printed. Yeah. But uh, interactive fiction can be as big a world and you can see as little of it as you need to each time you play it. So again, with the replayability, um, they might be eight times the length of a normal book, but you're still having a book length experience, right? which I very much appreciate. So if people aren't familiar with these, how do you play them? Are they downloadable apps specifically, or are they housed inside another app? So it varies, but usually they are, um, you can play almost all of them in a web browser. Right. Uh, but there are a couple um, that you can play in an app. So the first one I'm recommending, Creme de la Creme by Hannah Powell-Smith, is by a company called Choice of Games. And they have mm-hmm. their own app, which has all of their games in it. And then you just buy like the game, the books you want to read. No, it's a bit of a one-off. You also can play it on the browser and buy it through the browser. So it's, it's, right. it's kind of wherever you can read text on the internet, interactive fiction is available to you. Whether you play on your phone... You just need to be able to type or tap. There's no images. That's the other big thing, only words. Um, There's a great ad that one of the early interactive fiction put out that was like, we've got the best graphics in the entire universe, only limited by the power of your imagination. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yes, that's true. Uh, But this feels less like a game for people who are readers. So I think this is a really good bridge if you are not a gamer, but you want some of the decision making, you want to make choices, you want to shape the narrative. Interactive fiction is fiction is perfect for you. So tell me about Creme de la Creme. So Creme de la Creme uh, got on my radar because it won all of the awards. <laughs> so that'll do. Yeah. So there's a interactive fiction award called the Zizzy Award. Choice of games, you like sometimes get they get nominated for nebulas a lot, but they don't necessarily break through to the main interactive fiction audience. But Grim to the Grim won best game, best writing, and best story. So I was like, okay. That'll do. Uh, I'll that'll do. And then I read the description, which is 
climb to the very top of the class at your exclusive private school for socialites. Will you study hard, find a perfect match, or embrace scandal? And I don't think I've hit by quite as fast as when I read that description. Wow. It's like, yes, boarding school interactive fiction. Here's the other thing. You can play three full chapters for free to see if you like it. Well, that's just the sample at Costco now, isn't it? I know. Well, that's the issue. It's the sample at Costco, and then you're immediately eating the whole block of cheese, which is what I did. Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, you're walking out with a 45-pound wheel of cheese. Like, yeah, I got a free sample. This was totally worth it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And- I, that's that's how they get me. Yes. And what I said about having a vast replayable world, this is 440,000 words. You're not going to run out. No. So you're not going to run out. If you don't like your choices, you can go back. Like you can reverse. You're just just kind of like in um, Two Short Adventure books where you're like, I hate that. Let me go back. <laughs> go backwards. You can do that. Um, but you're doing a boarding school narrative and you're also choosing who you want to date. And my favorite thing about this game is that when you are introduced to a character, the way you respond to them gives them their their pronouns. So you can choose each time you meet a romanceable character what pronouns you would like to assign to them, and then the game will just remember. Oh, wow. That's what you can do when you don't have to make pictures of people. They can be whoever you want. Wow. Uh, So everyone in the game can be they, them. Everyone can be they, them. Mm -hmm. Wow. And there's nine- So if you want to construct a world where there is no gender, you can do that. Absolutely. And with 440,000 words and all of these, you know, branching decision trees- Mm -hmm. You can play in this world for hours. Hours and hours. I mean, a single playthrough will take you, depending on your reading speed, like maybe three to four hours, which is pretty sizable. But then you can keep changing the way you play it. You can go to different – it's boarding schools. You can choose different clubs. You can – there are nine romances, ten possible marriages. It is very rare that a game – is both as customizable and is winning writing awards. Cause usually you get one or the other, right? You get right. options and you get quality. Neither the twain shall meet. So wow. Very impressed. She pulled this off. She says most of the most of the words are all the options in the romances. She's like, that's 99% of what I had to write were like all of the different ways you can romance people and change your mind. And you can play as a male, female, non-binary, gay, straight, bi, pan, asexual, or aromantic mm-hmm. person. Absolutely. My heart just grew like nine sizes. I love it. That's why I love interactive fiction as kind of a pushing the boundary because you could never get away with this in Dragon Age. You have to render everything, right? Right. I could just hear my fans spinning now like, oh, geez. <laughs> just my the branching alone. making the noise. Right. You, you, you can't re- – it's – wow. But, That's incredible. But uh, people like Hannah are figuring out this engine, like this branching. Like eventually it's going to trickle up into the big studios. So I'm hoping that this kind of – this option, this branching, like once it – you know, it, it'll – it's been established now. People can yeah. use it. People can learn from it. People can take tricks from it and bring it up into a Dragon Age, a Mass Effect 15. Yeah. And and it, and also if like right now there's all of this horrible news about Activision and Blizzard. Oh, absolutely. And as I said in our in my episode with Amanda, 
you know, yes, I want the next game, but I also want the developers to sleep and Mm -hmm. eat meals and see their families and not be miserable so that I can play a video game. Like that's not what I want. And having all of these smaller studios doing all of these innovative things, knowing that you're supporting people more directly is very lovely. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I mean, I said choice of game by by Hannah Powell Smith. Like that is a person who wrote this game. So if you like this kind of thing, again, there's a free demo of three ga- three chapters, so try that first. But if that ended up not being your cup of tea, uh, congrats. Interactive fiction is a huge hidden world that you can discover. There's also uh, the interactive fiction database, which, like, love a database. Love. Oh, gosh. That's almost as sexy as a spreadsheet. I know. And uh, here's another thing. The interactive fiction community is almost as good as fan fiction at tagging their stuff. So you can get content warnings, you can get like the romance tag, there are reviews on all of the stories, and they're very careful about spoilers. If you don't want to go database diving, though, I got a couple wrecks. So please, please, please. Yes, I love a good wreck. Let's do it. So in uh, 2001, kind of um, my favorite author in interactive fiction space, Emily Short, uh, did a mini competition called Smoochie Cop, because she thought there wasn't enough romance in interactive fiction because it was... It started off being kind of a dude thing. So she was like, no, we need romance games. We need love. Like, let's do this. And uh, someone responded with a game called Tale of the Kissing Bandit. And guess what? You are the bandit. Okay. I'm on. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You are the mustache twirling <laughs> Errol Flynn. You walk around smooching people. You can have better relationships. Or you can just be a renegade. So you brought some shorter recommendations as well. Yes. And uh, these are, depending on your length of, like, you can play them as long as you want. But these are pretty mm-hmm. short. I have heard of and I have seen many people playing it. And we've talked about it on the site, which is Regency Solitaire. Yes. Solitaire would make it Regency. <laughs> I mean, how do you not? Uh, yes. So if you like solitaire, uh, if you're not good at solitaire, you will probably play 10 to 12 hours of this game to beat it. But it's a solitaire game. So I think of it as a pretty short one because like right. you're playing one or two hours of solitaire, then you're moving on with your life. But uh, it's got all of the Regency tropes. Um, it's not Jane Austen, but it's Georgiana, the other. Georgette Hare. Thank you. I was like, Georgette Hare. Yeah. I was like, it's the other one um, where your brother <laughs> Edward is, um, you know, real shitty, has put your family into debt. And for some godforsaken reason, you playing solitaire will earn money back. <laughs> Look, just, you just got to go with it, right? You just got to go with it. But like, I mean, it's not like there's going to be Regency high stakes poker. I know. And, as you're playing, you're earning money for fans. You're outfitting your dressing room. You are, right. um, you know, getting thing like Cupid arrow statues that will give you superpowers in solitaire, but also help you go to, you know, Brighton. Uh, you can go take the waters. Uh, you are going to various balls at different times. You are dealing with meddlesome gossips. It's all of the Regency tropes, but to get through the plot, you got to Win some hands of solitaire. solitaire. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I got so it. if you like solitaire and reading Regency romance, this is the perfect marriage. Oh, yeah. And it's the most fun thing about this game is that so many like hard MMO bros got incredibly into this. Like, like Felicia Day <laughs> tweeted that she had played Regency Solitaire for six hours straight. And so a bunch of dudes then played it and got hopelessly addicted and were like, I've never played a casual game, but I I gotta get the pearls. <laughs> <laughs> 
And my last one is a, I will say it's a blind recommendation, but I've heard enough people say it's got really good writing. Okay. And I wanted to have something for the people who are like, this is all sweet, but all of this is smooching and I need something. I need some kink. I need some erotica. I need like, is there a game that treats sex? Like, is there a sexy game? Lady Killer in a Bind is a BDSM lesbian erotica visual novel. I didn't know those words needed to go together, but those words needed to go together. Yes. So written by a queer woman. You can toggle while putting Christmas sweaters on everybody. That's just adorably hot. Yeah. You have a you have an option to put Christmas sweaters on the characters during the sexy times. Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah. Like it is a game about consent being sexy. In your perspective, the real romance game blockbuster has not been invented yet. And lots of games have different pieces of it. And I completely agree. There's always something I'm like, oh, it's just wish that one thing. Yeah. I think that there are so many people are still thinking about romance in terms of mechanic design. They're thinking about like engines and how you add like plus two to wooing. And yeah, I I think it's really hard for game designers to balance the feeling of intimacy and consent and all these really messy feelings and the happy fulfillment and the like movement towards love and an intimate relationship is something that, uh, there's a term that in games called the vending machine, which is mm-hmm. unfortunately what Stardew Valley does, which is like you give someone a gift and then they like you. Yeah. The more realistic your romance is, the creepier that is. It's weird to give a gift and accept sex in return. And that is, as long as that's the model, it's going to be creepy. So when people scale up from the like sexless, fun romance games like the 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 more rendered the weirder it is and like you know there's also the tamagotchi like i do 18 chores and then we like get to have a cutscene where i have sex again it's that like reward mechanic and so i think the real romance game blockbuster doesn't exist yet because people are still figuring out how to write good dialogue that's interactive and i i think there's a lot of people doing really interesting work in the space, trying to figure out new models. But like until someone figures out the dialogue and how you earn relationship growth, that doesn't feel squicky. Like those are the two blocks and people are working on it independently. It's hard enough to get it as a subplot in a game about killing things, making it central. Yeah. It's going to be a lot hard. Like makes it much harder. The more choices, the harder it is. That's kind of why the small games yeah. get away with a lot of choice. When most of your design is going to combat and a yeah. tenth is going to romance, you're going to pick one barrier and move on. Yeah, I get it. So what are you playing right now and where can people find you? So I'm playing a game called Button City for next week's episode. And it is a uh, very cute, low poly, colorful uh, game about uh, banding together to save the arcade. It's It was under um, a wholesome games bundle. Are you uh, enjoying it? I am. It's very cute. It so looks it like is, candy. It does. It feels like candy. It feels like eating candy. But in general, you can find me, uh, the podcast available at theshortgame.net. And you can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you to Laura Nash for hanging out with me and talking about all of these games. Y'all, I have started Creme de la Creme and it is super 
Super fun. Oh my gosh, it's so enjoyable. I will have links to everything we talked about. Never fear. Thank you to Garlic Knitter for transcribing this episode. Thank you to the Patreon community for making sure each episode has a transcript. As always, I end with a terrible joke. And this joke comes from a listener. This joke is from Tess. Thank you, Tess. I love this joke. Are you ready? What do you call a lazy baby kangaroo? What do you call a lazy baby kangaroo? A pouch potato. (laughs) Tyrannosaurus deer and the pouch potato would make such a good television show. Pouch potato. (laughs) On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend, whether you're reading or playing games or all of the above. We will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. <laughs>